0: Peace and love fam This is Brother Fahim and you are now listening to The Lead with Logic podcast You know the vibes Peace, peace, peace Peace and love y'all This is Brother Fahim back with another episode of Lead with Logic Hey I appreciate all the um, The support that you guys Have been showing People um, A couple family members man Posted the link for my um, My podcast on that page you know, people getting it out, people listening to it. I really, I expect nothing to appreciate everything. I appreciate all the criticism. I appreciate all the, uh, the words of encouragement. I take it all in and I use it, believe it or not. And I and I thank you. Um, so I want to say thank you for that. Also, um, I just wanted to uh, say, I'm trying to keep on this schedule. This is another podcast that's delayed. They say better late than never. Better late is never. Uh, Never late is better. So um, I'm trying to stick with this schedule so that every Monday is the, is the target that I'm aiming for. Every Monday to bring some type of podcast, not even to bring some type of podcast, to bring you all um, some logic, man, something that you can consider and it will help you, that will help uh, facilitate more knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Um, yeah, so let's go go ahead on and get into it. So today's today's episode is going to be called "Would You Waste Time Searching for That Which Does Not Exist?" I was able to um, I viewed a famous lawyer. You might have heard his name. His name is Tom Ezra, and he defended Michael Jackson in that uh, in that case. That he won, I think that was back in what year was that? Maybe 05, 04, 05. And um it was like it was, it was it was crazy to listen to Mr. Mesereau talk about his client. And he spoke about a whole bunch of people, but the topic was Michael Jackson. He he discussed these two uh opportunists that had the the um the recent Leaving Neverland, he discussed those. He discussed the legal system and how they treated Mr. Jackson. He, he he talked about Mr. Jackson's sentiment and he talked about, you know, a couple specifics and, you know, a couple of facts surrounding that case. But what it did for me, what it put on my heart was I thought to myself, wow, you know, we as a people, man, we as black people, we're continually observing and witnessing how there is no justice in the judicial system there's none and it's we've seen this over and over and over and over again and it's not that you know it just counts or it's huge when it's celebrity but i think when when it's a celebrity there's a massive lesson that can be learned from it there are a lot of lessons but um it just made me think to myself wow we're still looking for something inside of a system that was created to exploit and oppress us. We're looking for justice now. Why do I say that? You know, if if I'm being honest, and if you're being honest, a lot of y'all thought O.J. Simpson was guilty. <laughs> Go ahead on and admit it. A lot of y'all thought Michael Jackson was guilty, or at least weird, right? Who sleeps with children? You know. <laughs> Who lets children get in their bed? Now, that's not a practice that I'm saying outside of my own kids. That's not something that I'm saying that I would dig into or that I would, you know, partake in. But that doesn't make someone a molester or a pedophile, now does it? Um, You know, many of you, because of Mike Tyson's bravado, because of the persona, you thought that Mike was guilty of raping that girl. Tupac, you know, Bill Cosby. I remember people spoke out. The, the most memorable uh celebrity that spoke out for me, uh, that spoke out that I remember was uh what's her name? What's the girl name who has the slut walk, the slut shaming? What's her name? Amber Rose. I'll never forget. She was um, she was being interviewed by Keisha Knight Pullen around the time that Bill Cosby was being tried. And, you know, it was this big campaign. You know, they were, you know, they were, uh, they were really, really showing Bill Cosby. They were really painting him in this negative way, right? They were creating this narrative. And Amber Rose was talking and she was talking about, you know, she started to talk about men and different things, this rape culture. And she... She, uh, she mentioned Bill Cosby and Keisha Nightpool stopped her in her tracks. It's on YouTube. She said, "Up, uh, 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 we're not going to do that because I love Mr. Cosby. He has been family to me. He has supported me and he gave me the ultimate opportunity. So we are going to leave Bill Cosby's name out of this interview next. Woo. When she did that, Amber Rose just politely said, OK, and kept on discussing whatever it was that she was discussing before she had the audacity to mention Mr. Cosby. Um, I was like, right on, Keisha Knight, right on, Rudy. Way to stay loyal. Way to stay on code. Right. Way to stay on code. Does that mean that you agree if he did anything? No, but you do respect the person who has helped you eat and who has helped uplift you. So right on. But um, yeah, so when I heard Mr. Miserable talking about Michael Jackson and everything he went through, and I remember all the remarks that were made, all the comments that people make about our Black celebrities, I say to myself, wow, we're still seeking something from a system that they blatantly, that they continually and consistently show us does not exist. I'm going to read out of a book that I read out of quite often, only because it's one of the only books that uh, infuses religion with economics and politics. And the name of that book is this message to the black man in America by the honorable Elijah Muhammad. I would recommend that everybody up under the sound of my voice, you go get it. It should be in your reading list, your top reading list. You have to read at least one time how can you hate the fruit how can you hate the root and love the fruit if you read and love you, if you read and you loved the autobiography of, uh, of Malcolm X then you have to read message to the black man because they are along the same lines right but nonetheless i'm going to read to you a couple paragraphs from that book uh this chapter is called we seek truth and justice he's discussing the judicial system and certain occurrences that have happened with the black Muslims and the court system in America. And he says this, America knows that under her flag, we have received nothing but hell, beatings and killings without due process of the law, day and night, not only in the past, but in the present. What glory and honor does a so-called Negro get under the stars and stripes? No honor, no glory, only hell. We have proof of this by the so-called courts of justice. There is no justice for you, and this America knows she would like to hurt every one of you and make you like it. It pleases her to do you evil. The so-called Negroes do not have justice under the law, not only in the South, but anywhere in America. I want to repeat that. The so-called Negro does not have justice under the law, not only in the South, but anywhere in America. I want to repeat that because I remember along my journeys being in the military, I remember Along my journeys, you know, traveling uh, you know, just to see different places. And I meet people who are from different regions of the world and from the United States. And it never failed. Some people from New York felt like they were the center of attraction. that, that New York, not all New Yorkers, right? Just the ones in my in my uh, experiences, a few of the ones in my experiences. they well, a majority of, uh, they felt like,, uh, hey, if you're not from New York, then uh, you're not from the planet Earth, and you are behind. And <laughs> I remember listening to Malcolm, who said, "Stop talking about your brothers in the South. If you if you South Canada, you're from the South." <laughs> but nonetheless, back to what the minister, uh, back to what the messenger said. As I plainly stated in Washington D.C. in 1959, in the Uline Arena before 10,000 people, everything has failed. Us as far as justice is concerned. The Justice Department in Washington, the churches, the priests, and the preachers have all failed the so-called Negroes. So he was telling us, you know, these people want to do you harm. These people love to do you evil. And why did I, why did I read that? You know, when I hear people speak about again when I hear people speak about these black celebrities who we have high visibility and low context and low uh, knowledge of their cases when I hear people frivolously speak on these people I say to myself wow you would trust the same government who would kill innocent black men women and children you would you would condemn this black celebrity, to being judged by this system right on one hand hey this person's super guilty they're a devil look at what they've done but uh you know out of your, out of the same breath on the other side of your mouth it's like wow um look at how they're killing us look at how they treat us unjustly but which one is it do they treat us unjustly do we do we not get a fair shake <laughs> or is the judicial system going to Uh, 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 Is the judicial system going to fairly deal with These people who they created these monstrous Narratives You know um, Bill Cosby A lot of you don't know Bill Cosby has a YouTube A YouTube uh, Well he has a Excuse me He has a show that's on YouTube Right it's called uh, Black History Stolen Lost or Strayed. I believe that's the name of it Um, And it's basically a documentary where where Bill Cosby documents how white supremacy um, and injustice affects uh, black culture, the black family, you know, and, um, you know, he made his contributions. That's what I'm trying to say. Bill Cosby made his contributions. I I didn't agree with everything Bill Cosby did. (laughs) I'll be the first to say when Bill Cosby came out against lower class black people. I thought that he was off cold in a lot of statements that he made. I thought that Bill Cosby forgot when he started condemning comics that, you know, there's a lane uh, for all types of comedy, whether it be vulgar or whether it be uh, clean. And he's not the one to judge that. Right. Because he didn't have a production company at that time that could employ these people. So they were trying to get their money just the same way he was trying to get his. You understand? And at least don't don't publicly uh don't publicly uh bash them but uh none of my uh none of none of my critiques or criticism of mr cosby could ever negate the good that he's done and for that good i have to stay on cold brothers and sisters but um i want to read a stat to y'all you know I, uh Oh, I want to share a stat with you all that I read, and it goes, African Americans make up 49% of wrongful convictions since 1989. So I want to highlight three three instances where the judicial system failed. Just, it's just three. Now it's, it's millions more, but I just chose three because I thought y'all would recognize these. So Emmett Till in 59, two white men. Y'all know the story. He goes down. He's from Chicago, right? He goes down to Mississippi to visit his family, and from documentaries that I watched, he had a, a stutter. And when he became nervous, he would whistle. And so this white woman said he was whistling at her. And what happened? You know, they went in there and uh, they kidnapped and killed him. Now, who let the you know who let these people in is is a. Is a whole other story, but I'm bringing this up to say this: two months after, no, excuse me, four months after they had killed him, they admitted the two white men admitted that they did it because they understood it couldn't it couldn't be tried again. There would be no double jeopardy, and so uh, they did not um, they did not face punishment. In fact, the female who uh, initially made the false accusation of of Emmett Till, she wrote a book later where she admitted that she had lied, and that most of those uh, remarks that got him killed, they were all lies. She admitted to that, right? That was in '59. So in 2012, Trayvon Martin's killer, George Zimmerman, he's not only acquitted of all charges, <laughs> he still walks free to this day, and he sold the the skittles and the uh, the gun, the skittles, the teeth. Um no no, he signed a back skill, excuse me, and he sold the gun that he shot George Zimmerman with, right? He even uh attempted to sue Jay-Z for speaking out against uh what happened. This was in 2012. But again, the judicial system acquitted this young guy because they you know they they had um in court I remember vaguely, but you know, they showed where George Zimmerman had cuts on his face, he had bruises and but there was no real clear-cut evidence as to who started the fight. There was no clear-cut evidence as to, you know, how the, how the shooting started. I mean, it was all it was not beyond a reasonable doubt, right? But we do know that Mr. he went against the police uh, order, you know. He profiled this young black man, and he killed him. We do know that. We understand that, that an innocent black boy lost his life. So, um... And the next and the last thing I wanted to highlight was Marissa Alexander, who's jailed for firing a warning shot against her husband uh, in the same state of Florida. Uh, Trayvon Martin was Sanford, uh, Marissa Alexander's Jacksonville. But nonetheless, you know, it was interesting because she was denied the same uh, rights to utilize the stand your ground law, whereas George Zimmerman was permitted to use it. And her case was a little bit more cut and dry. You know, she had been abused. She was, uh, the, the, the husband, it was an abusive rela- uh, relationship. Years of abuse had been suffered. She fired the warning shot, and they locked her up. And uh, she did a little bit of time, too. She did a little bit of time. But eventually, she was released. Now, my point for bringing all three of those up was the timeline, right? 1959, 2012, and then 2000, and uh, I want to say 14 is when Marissa Alexander when her when her uh, her trial took place, but then we've had plenty since, right? We look at uh, well, George Floyd was convicted. The police officer was convicted. Um, I think the the guy who got shot, the guy the one that they shot in the car three times, uh, he walked to the car. You know that officer got off. Um, I believe this, the girl who got shot in Ohio, that office is going to get off. Um, but there are contemporary cases, right. But, um, you know, it, it's something, right. It's something that again, the, the judicial system acts one way for them, but it acts a different way for us. Now, when you think about famous trials, uh, or you think about celebrities in their trials, you think about Michael Jackson, right think about Tupac, you think about uh, Bill Cosby. And I wanted to, the big name that I like to uh, speak about, we talk about it at my home quite often is R. Kelly. Um, You know, R. Kelly is is a peculiar case. You know, whether you think R. Kelly did it or not, understand something, people the formula for public assassination is always character assassination always precedes the physical assassination you know he he got a raw deal he really got a raw deal because you know he's acquitted of the charges back in maybe what 3 304 you know the girl didn't testify and her family testifies that that she wasn't the girl and then later her uncle comes back and says, or she comes back, I think she comes back and says, uh, you know, he absolutely did uh, rape me or he did sexually abuse me. Um, Then you have a lot of women, including his wife, on this docu-series, Surviving R. Kelly. (laughs) You know, I I didn't watch the whole series. I watched a few of the women's testimonies. And I tried to be as biased as uh, as unbiased, excuse me, as possible and just listen to uh, what they had to say. But, uh, you know. I come to the conclusion that, number one, Mr. Kelly won't get a fair trial because unless it's a judge trial, even at that, they would have to not have been exposed to this surviving R. Kelly ordeal, which I highly doubt they were, you know, lifetime put that docuseries on. And it what it totally did was it assassinated his character. It primed the public to, to physically assassinate him. Now, understand something. This is not an attempt to vindicate R. Kelly. Right? I don't know R. Kelly personally. I know people who know him very closely, and I've heard stories, right? Um, I don't know that he's right, and I don't know that he's wrong. Uh, and I really... Part of me doesn't care, and then another part of me does care. He cares because of this. We have to stay on code, brothers and sisters. We have to stay on code, because whatever we feel about R. Kelly, we have to remember that we have put him in the, the, the jaws of the lion. Again, like I've been stating, would you give up your own to a system that you know exploits oppresses and unjustly kills our innocent, right? Would you do that? Again, Tom Mesereau came out and explained in depth and detail that Michael Jackson was totally innocent. What Michael Jackson did to convict himself was that first case uh, in like the 90s. I want to say it was 94, 95, right? When he was accused of molestation. And you saw Michael Jackson pay you saw him pay the uh, family off. That was the worst thing he could done. He took some bad business advice. When he did that, Mr. Mesereau said that Michael Jackson was getting sued left and right. And it was hard for him to breathe. He was getting sued by so many people. And then Michael Jackson wasn't really a fighter. He was a more so of a gentle guy. He wasn't gonna fight you. But um, But they really assassinated Mike's character. They really, really assassinated his character. They called him wacko jacko. They called him weirdo. They called him everything, right? And he was totally innocent. And so we have to look at and, and and try to look at the core and gain context and look at the unseen hand, try to find the unseen hand. Who's really behind this? What are they trying to do? Right? What, are, what do they have to gain by crucifying this man? So you know, you, when you look, when you when you think about Mike Tyson, you know his image as this this brute, this black, uncontrollable, untamable black buck, right? It was easy to place to to say, yeah, we could see Mike Tyson raping so on And then, you know, Mike had that instance with Teddy Atlas, his uh, his niece. You know, uh, there was an issue with his niece, but nonetheless, um, Mike, who from Mike's own uh, admins. He uh, he had a tax lawyer defending him. He didn't even have uh, a proper lawyer, right? He had a tax lawyer. And so that's that's what happened. But there were particulars about that case that people didn't realize. There's was, there was evidence that they um they didn't let in, right? That could have harmed Mike. But I say all that to say the narrative, they, they assassinated Mike's character and it made it a little bit easier, right? to convict. Same with Tupac, you know, same with same with Pop. You know, they made him out. He said it in uh, uh, I, th- I think it was maybe uh, was the movie about Tupac. I can't think of the movie. It came out 203, Resurrection. He talked about his case and all it was about was the gangster, you know, music, hip-hop, you know, that scared white America. That was really what it was about, you know, and that's what convicted him, not the actual facts of the case <laughs> you know he was he's convicted of sexual assault not rape a lot of people don't know that and there's a difference rape is when there's an uh an unwanted uh penetration right whether it's vaginal anal whatever sexual assault is broad right it's molesting it's fondling it's the perception or the attempt of rape right so it was a it was a it was very broad and subjective on what they uh uh convicted Tupac on. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Some know. If the diehard pop fans, they know, but the, the public who just takes it at face value, they don't know. And then Mr. Cosby, they had to they had to uh reopen uh, documents that were supposed to have been sealed, you know. Um, Mr. Mesereau talked about that too He talk, Talked about how he didn't think This is all on YouTube Tom Mesereau, uh discusses Michael Jackson case Tom Mesereau discusses being fired by Bill Cosby Tom Mesereau discusses uh, helping Mike Tyson evade uh, another rape case in 2001 And he goes into specifics about that rape case Mike wasn't, he wasn't, a, a, he wasn't taking a the trial he, he was not, he did not rape anybody But Mr. Mesereau assisted But nonetheless Well, Bill Cosby, you know, they made him, it was a smear campaign for him as well. I'll never forget this, this is a true story. In 2016, I have probably told this several times to, to a few people, 2016, I just had dropped my son off, my baby boy, and I got back home and my mom was watching television and they're talking about Bill Cosby. And I said, mom, they're not, they're coming after masculinity. You know, and who is the first, who are the first men they're gonna come after? The low-hanging fruit is black men. They're coming after black men. Why? Because we don't have an economic infrastructure to protect us. We don't have the fortitude, we don't have umoja, we don't have the unity of community to stay on cold to say, we can't let you come in here and take one of our own the way y'all did in tail. Uh-uh, You're not doing that. We will fight you or we will at least stay on code and not join in or engage in your bashing or your smear campaign. Right. And sure enough, when they convicted Bill Cosby, my mom said, well, I'll be damned. You were right. I saw it coming. <laughs> I saw it coming, man. I really did. But what I was surprised about. Was how many black women involved themselves in that? Right? Black men too. It was a few, it was a few, uh, it was a few black men that I had come in contact with that really, really came down on Mr. Cosby. You know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you know, back to Mr. Kelly, this whole smear campaign, they're not allowing him to get a fair trial at all. That they're, they're really not by doing all of this. These documentaries, they should not even have let that stuff air because any jury in and no jury in America uh, is not going to be aware of these women's uh, unofficial testimonies against R. Kelly. All the only thing Lifetime provided uh, to the court was a whole bunch of testimonies from different women. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, again, Character assassination always precedes the physical assassination. Now, um some of the criticism I faced, this is off topic for a second. Some of the criticism I faced was that um it was a whole bunch of problem highlight or emphasis on problem and not any solutions. <laughs> that I was giving out my podcast, which I totally accept because it uh, criticism only sharpens uh, whatever it is you do. Right, iron sharpens iron. Your coach criticizes just as much. A great coach just as much criticizes as they do teach. And so I took that in stride. So I wanted to offer you guys some a little bit of solution, right? So solution number one: stay on cold. What does that mean? Well, I can demonstrate it better than I can tell you what it is. If you've ever watched a an interview with the Jacksons, with any other Jackson, now outside of Latoya, right, you understand and you see how you see how they really don't speak out against each other. The Jacksons were very media savvy and they were very aware. Um, you know they didn't bash they didn't bash each other when the, when the reporters tried to get them to say something negative they had a a witty and shrewd way of deflecting hey i'm not asking you to i'm not asking you to believe what any of our people are innocent or guilty but how not, how about not attacking black publicly how about that how about letting that person have their day in, tr- in court how about letting them go to trial? How about getting all of the facts and then saying, okay, this is what I think. That's leading with logic. That's not letting your emotion, and that's not letting someone uh, through a, a smear campaign or through a half cock narrative or through the, the idiot box, which is the TV or the mini idiot box, which is the computer dictate how you feel about your own. Right? Let's not be foolish in that way. Let's have a code. Uh, umoja or unity. Let's let's be unified. We don't have to, we don't have to all have the same philosophy. We don't have to have the same religious belief system, but we can unify. We can have unity. Hey, that brother needs help. So we're gonna hope we're gonna hope that he gets it. Yeah, we're gonna help. Hope that. That brother can get the help he need. Now, that's not saying that he gets to sidestep justice because he doesn't. Again, let's let the man have his day in court. Let's let him have his day in court and see how it goes. But I can't see myself just judging when I know the history of the judicial system and I know how they demonize and dehumanize and they assassinate the character before they assassinate the body, especially when it comes to black bodies. So, um, you know, hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. That is a skill that a lot of us need to acquire. You know, <clears throat> it's a domino effect as well when you don't hold your tongue. I remember when uh, Gail King made those statements about Kobe Bryant, him being a uh, an accused rapist, and you know, Snoop Dogg spoke out against her. And it just led to a, a, a chain of events. I remember Jada Pinkett said, you know, she felt, um, she felt, uh, what, offended. And a couple more other sisters felt offended by Snoop's statements. But nobody considered Vanessa Bryant and Natalia Bryant. Nobody considered these sisters and how they might be feeling. They just lost two loved ones and here it is, You know, for journalism's sake, you can't respect the dead. It was all the same when Oprah Winfrey allowed those two opportunists on her platform to discuss uh, a man who had been legally acquitted. Not only had he been legally acquitted, Wade had uh, testified in his defense. His family had testified in his defense. (laughs) <laughs> but again for oprah winfrey to allow that you know for her not to uh hold her tongue for gail king not to hold her tongue it caused a certain uh chain of events <clears throat> but right there we weren't on code um we weren't unified and we didn't know how to hold our tongue so you know my suggestion or my solution that i would offer in these instances you know have a code You know, I'm not saying to believe innocent or guilty or one way, but have some kind of objective uh, uh, empirical facts before you make a judgment and then understand who's trying. You know, if a criminal tries another criminal, (laughs) you know, what is that? Is that really justice? No, it's not. It's not at all. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind all the countless brothers and sisters and children who have been innocently killed and their killers go free through that same judicial system that you want to throw those people who they create these narratives about to keep that in the back of your mind. Right. You know, an emotion unity. <laughs> um, let's be unified. Let's act in unison. You know, hey. We're together in this, you know, Monday through Saturday, we might not agree on anything, but on Sunday we could come together and say, you know what, we're going to exercise some unity. Maybe it'll lead to other things. Maybe it will lead to us unifying our dollars. Maybe it'll lead to us unifying and supporting black businesses. You know, maybe it'll lead to us unifying and creating a our educational system that we won't have to send our children out into the world that uh teaches them uh to hate themselves <clears throat> i heard a man say if he don't treat you right what makes you think he'll teach you right <laughs> and um again I hold your tongue against your own at least publicly i'm not saying it's not you know we can't criticize or we can't bring those to justice whatever color they are but in the media when we uh see these smear campaigns and these narratives let's not partake right let's be of the wise and let's lead with our logic before i get out of here i want to say the different platforms that i'm on is breaker google podcast pocket cast uh radio public copy rss and my personal favorite spotify <laughs> um i appreciate y'all coming through family again i would appreciate if you uh subscribe comment share do all of that and um, if you follow me on uh fb that's cool you make a comment uh you voice your concern i would love to engage y'all man seriously so um until the next episode peace and love y'all